0: Matty and Patty, coast to coast, from Brooklyn. This is world champion Patrick Menem in, in San Francisco. I am joined by fellow world champion Matt Youngner. Say hello, champion. Champion, how are you doing, Patty? Well, I am good. I, I'm also joined by fellow champion, uh, uh, famed a uh, uh, contributor to Becca's Ballin, Becca Perkins. Say hello, champion.
1: Hey, champions! Party Napoli!
0: Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> I feel weird,
2: Pat. This is, this is the first time there's a girl been on the podcast.
0: No. What do we do? What do we do with ourselves? I, I don't know.
1: really ugly. My voice going to
0: crack. I'm getting very nervous.
1: Just hold a mug
0: in each hand. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> hold two mugs. Uh, welcome to the Cleveland Sports Hour. We are two self aware but unapologetic homers who spend far too much time watching, reading, and thinking about the 2016 NBA World Champion Cleveland Cavaliers. Boom, 2016, American League champion, Cleveland Indians, uh, and oh, a football team. So, if you'd like the informed, intelligent Cleveland fans' perspective on all things, you've come to the right place. Oh, Maddie, so much has happened. You mean because we haven't
2: talked in four months or
0: something? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, Becky corrected me earlier when I said three months. It's in, in, it's it in was that like two months? Two months and a couple of days.
1: Okay,
0: okay. thanks, Debbie Downer. Um, but we
1: yeah, also have lots of conversations off
0: the internet in between them. True, true.
1: Have, have that doesn't count
2: for our listeners.
0: No. True.
1: Was so, there is so much to talk about. There's
0: much to talk about. And yes, Cleveland had another historic Game 7 in the World Series, but this time Cleveland went up on the wrong side and it took the a fucking act of God to take that one away from us. But let's not dwell on that right now. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in due time when we start talking about the tribe. Let's start off with, uh, let's start with some good news, Maddie. Uh, that 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 opening piece, you, you may recognize it. Did you recognize it? I did not. you not recognize that scintillating? Was that uh, Whiplash? What's that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: No, it's the new, it's, it, good. he's good, he's good. He's he's, Matt,
1: you are so good.
0: It's not Whiplash, though. It is the uh, soundtrack to the new Kyrie 3 sneaker ad, which debuted on Christmas Day. I thought you would have seen it. And what
1: was the inspiration for it?
0: Ah, Whiplash,
2: the inspiration. That's what I thought. Where I thought you were going with
1: it. Yeah, it was.
0: Well, that's Questlove. and that's the thing. It, 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 it's
2: true. oh, that was the Quest Love solo. Gotcha.
0: The Love solo uh, mixed in with some Kyrie beats, uh, 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 pounding that basketball. That was uh,
1: Colin, when, uh, when I worked on SVU Questlove uh, with DJ all of our rap parties.
2: So talented.
0: I can vouch for this. It's pretty awesome. Fun fact. It's pretty cool. Had
1: the comb and everything. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, so I picked that piece, Maddie, to uh, honor the cold-blooded killer on the Cavaliers roster, Kyrie Irving, who had another game winner against the Golden State Warriors. Back-to-back game winners, Maddie, in Game Eight of the 2016 NBA Finals. Yeah, that's that's
2: right. That is just he. Uh, that- what a great game, man!
0: What a great game! What a great week too. So, yeah, you know, before we jump fully into the, the cast stuff again. This week saw the uh, uh, Cleveland Indians signed the best, well, arguably the best hitter left in the, on the what? best hitter on the major market, Edwin uh, Encarnacion. A huge upgrade, definitely the one. best one left. Yeah, definitely left, and you arguably one of the be- the best hitter, I think. Uh uh And uh, of course, Cavs beat the Warriors, and the Browns even won a game.
1: Yeah,
0: but let's not talk about. Yeah, yeah, that's not what I agree. Agree.
1: You can talk about that, that
2: was a banner week.
1: But I have to say, <laughs> yes, I could only tune into the last five minutes of the the Golden States uh Cavaliers we up because I am so stressed out about it. And the last five minutes couldn't have been more stressful than any other minutes of the game. And damn it if Kyrie Irving didn't freaking pull it out and make me love the Cavaliers in a way that I've never loved the sports team. And I just, I would never get this, I never could have pictured myself getting this stressed out about a sports team win in my life. And that just goes to show you what the team has going on behind it. Plus then when they won, all of their handshake thing or dingers that they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, these guys,
0: Becca, there's some Golden State Warrior fans that hate all those handshakes. Well, they can go.
1: Well,
2: welcome to the suck, Becca. You're in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love my wife.
1: I'm on the internet. I can't
0: now run for president. There you have. Well, you just Becca's balling. I did say Becca Perkins, though. Yeah, jigs up.
1: (laughs) Jigs (laughs) up. i have gonna
0: be president now. Uh, Matty, give, give give me your thoughts on that game. Uh, I mean, it was just wild. There were so many wild sequences. We couldn't possibly name them all.
2: I start so you know, Cavs did not play well. No, particularly in in the first half, most of the third quarter, they're missing a ton of shots.
0: Under forty percent. I sort
2: of just resigned. Yeah, I was sort of just resigned to it not being a great game. They brought it back enough where I was like, I'm not gonna be. They're missing Jr. I'm not going to be too upset if they lose this thing. Right. And then the, when they started to come back and RJ had the dunk and technical, I was like, I don't even care if they lose now. That's, that's awesome. That's all I needed to see. It's amazing. Was that for them to actually come back and get it, uh, just uh, more than I could have hoped for, I, especially with the, uh, the Kyrie shot was amazing, but we talked a little bit about this, Pat, the, LeBron and I was so happy to see Dave McMenamin write the piece about it too. The LeBron dunk, completing the dunk that he could not in Game Seven of the Finals, uh, yeah. was, was aw- I, I seriously cackled for a good minute after he made that. I lost total control of myself. It was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was every laughing uncontrollably. I just <laughs> lost it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that swing on the rim was absurd, absolutely absurd.
0: I've never seen that in my life ever.
1: And then there no, was no. I, t- 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 death. Yeah,
0: we well, had like a shoulder shimmy in there. He would swim forward, back, and then went. <clears throat> he was just so fired
1: getting-
0: up. <laughs> I, you know,
2: I get. I get Golden State being upset about that, especially because Draymond got teed up for hanging on the rim, I don't know, a week and a half ago or something, a week ago. Um, but,
1: well, for, a, for a week. For a week. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, that, I mean, And that's true, too. Those those two things sort of balanced each other out. That was, a clear, yeah, that
1: was a clear makeup
2: call. Um, Did you read the thing on Twitter that – uh, after the Richard Jefferson technical, I think the Cavs played what Draymond was doing when he got just one tee. Oh. <laughs> the first—the Cavs, they're on
1: point. On point.
2: They're video guys. We got to learn some names of those guys, Pat, and give them a proper shout-out. That's, that's maybe how we could get a celebrity, quote-unquote, celebrity guest on It's going there. That's a great idea. Yeah. That is a fantastic. They, those guys get no love. And I say it all the time. Uh, every Warriors game I go to out here, you saw it, Patty. Mm-hmm. The Like the AV stuff and all that and video production quality of the Warriors is way below that of the Cavs. Crap. It's crap. It's it's way, like- way, way below it. It's, it's garbage sort of made- astonishing to me.
0: Well, Matt, look, we're we're coming from from the uh, elite North Coast uh, uh, oil money. These, these are poor blue collar, uh, AV <laughs> Club folks. These are just high schoolers. That's all I could find. Yeah, interns. <laughs> interns. <laughs> uh, oh, and- beautiful Becca, are you uh, turning in?
1: I have I have the Princess Diaries to read. I have a massive tribute to Princess Leia, a.k.a. Yeah. Carrie Fisher, aka, and also to her mommy, Debbie Reynolds, RIP. I really am so, so sad about their death, and I have their new book that Pat just got for me, signed by Princess Leia herself, Carrie Fisher, and I'm going what? To, read to read it. That sounds
0: amazing. Your husband's amazing. My husband's
1: amazing. He stood in line and, for an hour? to get that for you he did and he only has the most amazing best buddy in maddie and so that's why this is the best <laughs> podcast in the world
0: uh, all right becca was some truth boss on her way out it's pretty amazing enjoy the book becca Bye, <laughs> um
2: hi. patty let's dive in and talk about Kyrie.
0: yes please let's go right into it let's go right, right into Kyrie.
2: Um so so you 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 told me yesterday like we gotta talk about Kyrie. He's getting some shit. You got the, there's that article about how he's not doing so well, and then the the True Hoop podcast, which Saturday, yeah, well, was, I actually have not had an opportunity to listen to, but I've I have thoughts. Okay. But anyway, because because I think the True Hoop stuff extended from the the article. Sort it of
0: did. And to really recap anyone that wasn't paying that close attention, uh there was an ES the an article by the the, basically, the head of ESPN stats. The headline was something along the lines of uh, uh, Kyrie Irving hasn't really improved in his rookie year with some stats on how great his rookie year was, but that he didn't follow the trend line of the names like the four of the great, greatest point guards in the league between Harden and all these MVP candidates. Harden,
2: Harden, Westbrook, and, and uh, Paul, basically. Those yeah, guys.
0: basically. They didn't follow their trajectory. Uh, and then, without really backing it up at all, like tossed in some slander about uh, Lowry, uh, uh, Lillard, and all being arguably better than them. Like you know, I, so that was the first thing. And then, true just just turned into a, a, a stupid fest, um, from what I understand, because I, I didn't have the patience to listen to it. I just I, <laughs> I read the recap on Twitter, uh, basically. But uh, but yeah, Matt, give, give me your thoughts on that first before
2: I go any further. So my 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 first thing was, I mean, I don't, I don't think I have to turn in my Cavs card if I say that Kyrie probably isn't as good as Westbrook and Harden. Not at all. He's not right. He, like, not. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that. No one's
0: saying that. No one was saying that. That doesn't make you a, a bad player who's disappointed. And that,
2: that was essentially the point of that article. Was Kyrie is very good. He just isn't as good as Westbrook and Harden. And I'm like,
0: okay. Great, telling me what. Yes, the, this was already conventional wisdom. Thank you.
2: Yeah, it's. It, I was, and he's several times. He's like, don't get me wrong. He's very good. He just hasn't gotten quite as good as maybe we would have predicted. And I guess that's true. I, yeah. I don't. know that I have an, an argument for that. Right. The only. The only thing I would. I would push back there is, a lot of. The the big evidence that I saw statistically there that was not per was that his uh, his three point percentage was not good last year. Um, but he's also coming off of breaking his kneecap, and I don't think ever really got his legs back under him until the playoffs, mm-hmm. um, which is something that was sort of like an active storyline last year.
0: Yeah. Actually, the podcast used that as a point of, like how, of how bad he was on defense uh, in the regular season last year. like, you did assholes. Like, you didn't yeah. have a knee a kneecap until through the year. I'm sorry. I actually don't want him running through hard screens in the fucking regular season. The point is, he did yeah. in finals. <laughs> that's what it mattered.
2: Yeah, and 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 you know, you can you can posit this as a legitimate criticism of, of him if you want. Um, but he's been injury prone throughout his career too, right? Yes. Which I think is has, has hurt him. And if you want to say, well, that's part of who he is, we can find that's that's a reasonable argument. I think an enormous part of LeBron certainly, and and somebody like Westbrook is that they don't get injured, and that's if you want to view that as a skill, I don't, I don't really have an issue with that. Um, so that's true, right? Like if the if the Rockets called the Cavs up and offered Harden for for Kyrie, I don't know if we say yes, but there's that old Bill Simmons guy, like who says no first. The Rockets say no first. Right. Exactly. Oklahoma City says no first in a Westbrook Kyrie deal. I think that's that's true. Yeah. Um, that said, Kyrie's fucking awesome. And a great fit on this team. And I don't think any of that detract like I, I get the point, but it's not something that I find particularly interesting.
0: One thing that's interesting to me is that he really doesn't point out like the things that the things that Kyrie are elite at. Is he's one? He's he's an insanely efficient scorer. Like top five. Like no one can. If you think his efficient feel it is, it
2: is assuming his three point shot is where we expect it to be, his three point percentage. If yeah. it's down at thirty two percent where it was last year,
0: oh that's percent, no longer
2: true. But but if it's up where it is, then yes.
0: But he's been demonstrating the ability to 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 be at that level that very very few guys are at uh and that is i mean it's the kind of skill that really like three or four other guys in the league might be able to to, uh, to replace that alone uh uh makes him incredibly effective especially because and here's a big question and this is the point i think of that article is that it, you know, he does have the skill set to actually improve upon that and become a more complete player the difference is there's only so much you can become a distributor as a point guard, the classic point guard would be when you're sitting next to LeBron James. Um, And let's be clear, you and I had a lot of harsh criticism for Kyrie in the pre-LeBron years, right? Uh, Very harsh. Very harsh, because he he was playing terribly. But again, also a terrible team that he was on. Like, really, really bad. Worse than any of the these other superstars are on, right? Uh, uh, Put him on the current roster, Rockets roster, or the... uh, uh, Oklahoma City Thunder roster. He's not playing as poorly as he did in those years under Byron Scott and Mike Brown. Uh,
2: no, so- and and also those teams aren't and, – and if he – again, if you traded him for Russell Westbrook night right now, I think the Thunder would be worse and the Cavs would probably be better. I don't know if the Cavs would be better, honestly. That's a, no. that's a different question. But right, I, I take your point and, Kyrie also quietly in the last week or so has been, his assist numbers are way up Mm-hmm. in particular. His assist to LeBron numbers are way up. So
0: That's an interesting point you raised. Have you, have you read the 10 uh, article? Uh, sorry, my, my cousin, David Meneman. Uh He had a nice, great feature with Kyrie the day, the day before the Christmas day game. Have you seen that yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It talks about how like Kyrie's been talking about how he's looked at himself in the mirror and, and, realize he can improve parts of his game, and you've quietly seen the cash shift over the last month. I think it was uh, kev's analyst uh, Justin Rowan pointed this out. um The the assist opportunities—I I, I don't know the i haven't seen it before. But uh, in terms of like the assist opportunities that are available to a player or something like that, I mean that it's become a much greater balance in, this, in the month of December versus November. A huge shift. Like LeBron had a huge share of it, like you know, like 19 a game, and now it's down to like. 14, and uh, Kyrie's up from 7 to 13. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so uh, that's that's pretty incredible. Uh, uh, they're, they're trying to run the offense more through Kyrie. It seems like this is one of the things they're trying to slowly work into the game so they can actually go back and forth a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm super, super excited about uh, Kyrie's growth. I mean, he's shooting the three-ball pace that I, we've been begging for, right? You shooting like five a game, six a game, something like that. Yep. Yeah. Which is what we and have. also,
2: I'll take somebody with his limitations who also is a stone cold closer. Yeah,
0: stone cold killer. That's the whole point. That dude's a killer.
2: You know, like I'll I'll trade away some uh, defensive ability and some uh, whatever you want to ball hogginess or whatever you want to criticize him for. Yep. Uh, for that for that particular characteristic, which he st- continues to demonstrate over and over again. Absolutely. Uh, that's a real, a real quality, a real quality of value. You know, the the other way you ding them here is that the Cavs stink when LeBron doesn't play, and they shouldn't. Yeah. And I'll take, I'll take the Detroit game. After, like th- that was the most predictable loss in the world, right? Exactly. W- with or without, I'm not sure that they would have won it if LeBron had played, right? Like, there's such a letdown after oh. that Christmas Day game. That's a total, that's a, a schedule loss if ever I've seen one.
1: Um, Am I wrong? They I thought- still
2: don't play well. And they don't play as well as they should when LeBron's not in there. And that's yeah. that's an indictment on Kyrie and, and Love
0: in some way. To a degree, I would say – I would take two things. One, I mean, am I wrong? Detroit's not known for being a good three-point shooting team, and they shut the lights out uh, on Sunday. It was ridiculous. If I – or, sorry, Monday. Um, but two – right.
2: They're not a particularly good
0: – No, and they they were just crushing it. And, that, and, like, we were making some decent comebacks, and they just bombed threes from every which angle. Uh, <laughs> but. Uh, No, the other reason I would point out is a bit of an excuse is that the teams, the Cavs are so, lineups are built around LeBron because he's so good. He's the part of the starting lineup. He's part of, like, he's the main guy in the second unit. You you take that big cog out, and the rest of it doesn't work as well, whereas LeBron right now, the way he runs, as long as he got shooting, he can can run an efficient unit. Kyrie a- hasn't been running the offense that way. And so I'd like to see if that, short, if that changes as Kyrie becomes more of a distributor over, over the course of the year. That this, this experiment, whether he can these 10 games, if that continues. Uh, right. What we'll see if, if, if suddenly we can start winning these winnable games uh, with LeBron on the bench?
2: And I guess, you know, in, in thinking long-term, that's a question of what the the post-LeBron I don't even want to talk about that, what that world will look like um, when you, if you really build around Kyrie and what a team looks like.
1: Yeah. And I think, I tend to think true
2: one. Yeah.
0: I I tend to think Ty Lue would would have a different lineup. If he just had Kyrie and and, and love or just certainly different staggered rotations. Right. Well, I I think Griffin would have a
2: different team, right? That's Mm -hmm, the real structure. The entirety of the team in a different way, probably.
0: Absolutely.
2: Um, Unlimited so, time So let's keep this moving. You want to talk about um, roster?
0: Not quite yet. I want to get okay. one quick thing first. Another thing I wanted to, to get at um, is uh, from the Golden State game. Um, you noticed how, how long – You want to do some hating? Well, I want to do some hating. But first, just from an analysis standpoint, uh, um, how long uh, uh, Love was able to stay on the court and was a huge plus the whole game. It was not at all at like the finals. Like he was a huge reason we won that uh, game. He was a huge plus. Um, and then also, game. and and Channing Right. Um The the it's it's sort of weird. I don't know why Adam Katie does this, but they were able to hold their own on the court the way we guarded, and we sort of tried to let Katie beat us. Uh, and he had a huge game, it just went off, but it neutralized. Yeah, she came very and close I, to doing it. Yeah. Um. The other weird thing is. You know, Steph had had yet another bad game against us. Um, He loves
2: the no-show big games. Have you noticed
0: that? Oh, tons, yeah. Uh, About how
2: out of character the game was for him. And I was like, no, this is very much in character.
0: This is is a big game. This is a par game for the
2: last two seasons against us. And he he turtles.
0: Yeah. Right back in his shell. Part of it is – there's a good article just showing how, like, how relentless the Cavs are and exhausting him. There's this one point where Kyrie ran him through a pick and didn't need to, but turned and then ran back through the pick again. And just ran yeah. through the pick twice before driving. And at the end of the thing, he was, yep. was at the end of that. And that just takes your legs out of you. It takes your mind out of it when you get that gassed. Um, so that's just something that's been really nice to see this, not just a fluke. It's not just him being zoned out. I don't think he's that zoned out. I mean that maybe he is, but I think our, we're being effective against him. The other thing that was interesting is I just completely couldn't forgot about Andre Iguodala he was invisible on the court he is a huge reason yeah, I don't, well and, and if he's gonna play like that that's bad for them long-term
2: yeah it's probably it's hugely problematic for them I mean that's something that people worried about coming into this year mm-hmm. uh, bench thinner Iguodala is your LeBron stopper and he's just getting he's older you know he's no no a- he's just getting older
0: that was a huge reason we won games five, six, and seven was he started to cramp up towards the end of game five, I think, Yeah. Right? Well, so, game six. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he was a miracle. No, kick. it was end of game six because he looked... Yeah. He looked done.
2: Yeah, we thought he might not play game seven. Yeah,
0: which we were excited about, but he did play. And he looked pretty good, but, like, you know, he didn't really stop him from the Ryan a triple-double. Um, He's been kind of slowed up ever since. So that's something really important to keep an eye on. And I've been reading a little bit, like, Iggy is one of the things that that close, like actual Warriors fans, not the bandwagoners, are really worried about. Um, I think they they understand how important he is to that team uh, in a way that Kevin Durant, spectacular as he is, isn't as much of a glue guy for that. You know, we we have a game plan that kind of tends to work with them. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what what Golden State does. Like, they're going to, you'd think they'd change their plan, but as somebody else pointed out, they're almost too committed to um, ball movement. To actually take advantage of the mismatches they can they can exploit on us. Like they just want to move the ball and do their do their Russian offense, which look it fucking work works great. Like when it when it works great, like they get easy buckets all over the place and we can barely keep pace with them. But you know, they could do the same kind of thing of trying to punish us, punish Kyrie and target him, right? Get those mismatches. They have tons of guys that Kyrie couldn't guard. Right? Oh no, for sure. Let us hide him instead. Uh, you know, so no, we didn't just seeing. interested um, what do you think about RJ guarding Durant, especially at the end there? I mean, I was getting kind of upset about how much he's getting beat by it eventually, but he, you know.
2: He did okay. I'm, I'm guessing there that's just the time they didn't want to show. Because my, my suspicion is LeBron guards Durant if we're in the finals in that situation, right?
0: Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I, I think they really put it to, to I think it was a certain plan. To, to say, no, we'll have Kevin Durant go crazy and do his one-on-one stuff and break up the flow. Uh, let's everybody outside of the game. Because eventually, guys go cold. You know, If Durant's gonna scores 35, they're doing the LeBron rules, right? Make him beat us by scoring. Don't let the whole team get going, right?
1: People, yeah. are,
0: people are usually if happy to let LeBron score a ton. They don't want him to start passing the ball, right? They want to take that away from them. They don't want him to get his teammates involved because that's when you get killed and the whole team is humming. And we're like, and what we did was we kept uh, really just, it was just K, KD and Durant that were playing well, right? I mean, of course, uh, Green was doing all right, but from scoring perspective, those are the guys who were humming, and everybody else is kind of out of, out of sync. So, uh,
1: it's interesting yeah. to watch. Look- It'll be
2: interesting, and I don't, I don't, I don't think Lou showed his hand necessarily, right? Potentially, I hope not. Like I, I certainly hope not. Uh, that's sort of I feel like – did you catch – you made me think of this, Patty. Did you – one of the, the Cavs – somebody on Cavs' Twitter, I can't remember who, was posting comments from uh, Warriors fan boards, and one of them was a thing that was like, aren't you guys sick of just like this, this infatuation with winning? And, yeah, I guess the Cavs do whatever it takes to win, but the Warriors basketball is so beautiful, and maybe there's <laughs> something
0: that's even better. <laughs> it, was, it was unbelievable. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so great. They're just <laughs> – it's so hurt. It makes me so good. Ah, oh, let me taste your uh, taste. Oh, they, Although – They really are I,
2: enjoyable.
0: I I will say it does sound similar to my uh, – uh, the, the, the defense of the old Cleveland Cavs I used to grow up with about how they used to pass the ball in the beautiful basketball, whereas, you know, the Bulls just had this one-on-one massacre beast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you grow up. You stop being a 10-year-old.
2: Go, yeah. Right? That, that was 25 years ago. We thought that.
0: Yeah. Oh God! What a fucking game! So many. I, I mean, I was expect you know, and and, and I don't get this too early, but let's let's briefly talk about a uh, uh, kill list update. Uh, I I mean, has it changed at all? I mean, it's obviously it's green, at the very top.
2: Green is so far ahead of the pack. It's it's, like, it's unreal.
1: Yep. Steph
2: Curry is in the rearview mirror somewhere.
0: Uh, I'll
2: tell you, you, KD is making, did you read that he was dropping uh, motherfuckers on Love when he was dunking on him? Yeah,
0: absolutely I caught that. I think
2: RJ gets a technical I don't care for that. I don't care for that one. Technical for the wink. Yeah. What did Kevin Love do to him, for goodness sake?
0: Just trying to play. Trying to make his way in this world.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so KD's creep. I don't think he's in my top five yet, but he's creeping.
0: Uh,
2: you know, Phil Jackson, maybe made a run for it with that posse stuff. I didn't care for that one little bit.
0: Absolutely. Um, I don't think he's really in my top five. The Rockets are getting pretty good this season. Uh, uh, James Harden, when we play him next, I'm sure he's going to sneak back on there. Um, oh, that,
2: he's capable of getting there at a moment's notice. Well, if we played a series against them, there's a oh. lot of guys on that team I would start to hate. Actually, that, for sure.
0: That team is full of a bunch of dicks. I mean, I, I don't know the full context of that game. I was reading about this with the Mavericks.
2: This poor. What about Areza going to try to fight <laughs> fight that dude?
0: And they were all like, I a mean, knew so respected was blah, blah. And, they, and it was like, I don't know. I just heard a lot of talk coming from the Rockets, and the Mavericks just playing you guys hard. <laughs> a couple of hard fouls. Uh, you guys sound like a bunch of fucking assholes, which you sound like. Yeah. Uh, I, boy, I, can, I can really hate on that Houston team easily.
2: But, oh, but I don't think they're there yet for me. We, I, no. Let's see what happens when the Cavs go down and play Houston.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't watch. I'm,
2: I'm watching in the background the Raptors Warriors right now. The Warriors are crushing. Um, but I don't think there's anybody on the Raptors right now that's really getting me angry.
0: Nah, it's just they like. The- uh,
2: Joe Kim Noah still makes me very upset. His face, he's the way he carries himself—he's washed. But he's so washed up that it's hard to be mad at him. Exactly. Uh, is Dunleavy still on your list, Patty? He's been playing pretty shitty for us.
0: Yeah, no, he's still on there. I, I, I'm, I'm, ha- you know, the 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 silver lining of him playing shitty is that I can still hate him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, definitely. <laughs> I'll
0: take whatever I can get. You might you might root for that the rest of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, we, we might need him because we need someone to be like what we wanted him to be, although it was kind of a bad idea in the first place. I think that he could be – well, if he hit threes, he'd be fine, to be honest with you. But he's not in threes.
2: Yeah, I still think there's a chance he he rounds into shape. I, we'll talk about that in a second when we talk about roster. I think there's a chance he rounds into being okay. But well, I,
0: I'm, I'm ready to talk big, big
2: nothing for us so far.
0: You ready to talk roster?
2: Um.
1: Anything you want to say about the game, no,
2: I mean, the only the, no, 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 no. The only thing I want to say on the hate list is we should. There's, there's people in the in the Eastern Conference. The Warriors are numbers one, two, three, four, and five for me right now. <laughs> but there are like there's players on the Celtics. Jay Crowder. Oh my God. Oh, Al, Hor- Al Horford could get there for me. For goodness sake, Kelly O'Linick is always lurking. That unathletic, bumbling Canadian could Ugh. get there. It's fucking mask. Um,
0: you remember that movie Mask? Yeah. Oh yeah. He looks have, a lot like him. Have I missed those jokes? Or do those do those jokes not been made yet? He looks like a kid from Mask. No, there's some
2: there's somebody else that looks even more like Mask that I can't think of right now. <laughs> Another athlete that I'm totally blanking on that, that that I think occupies that cultural space for us, but it, it could get there. Um.
0: Yeah, Boston. I'm trying, I'm trying
2: to think of other hateable. Boston for sure does. Charlotte, I don't really hate so many players on. The Hawks. I don't know. It's like I mean, Schroeder.
0: Detroit.
2: You know, oh, Dwight Howard, I could start to hate again. Yeah. It just came to
0: shove. Detroit Milwaukee. Milwaukee.
2: No? What do you hate on Milwaukee? I don't know. I don't hate onto the Kumpo. I don't hate Jabari Parker. No. I could learn. I don't hate Delhi. You can learn to hate them. <laughs> I don't hate Middleton. I, yeah, I, that's true. I can learn to hate a lot of things. Um, but there's not so many guys on there that just that that I have active hate for. If I, they if I'm if they weren't playing the Cavs, no, I don't know if there's anybody on that team that I would dislike. They're fun.
0: But I'll say this: Milwaukee is the one team that I'm worried about over the next two or three years of, of however many years we get left with LeBron. Um, that's the... not this year. This is not their year, but. Dude, if that team just adds some shooters, they're deadly. They're deadly. Oh, I'd rather avoid them in the playoffs.
2: I'll tell you that right oh, now.
0: Yeah, that team, I'm terrified. of This year,
2: even because
0: they 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 uh so much.
2: No, I think it's them in Boston, right yeah. for the the next little bit. Because Bo- I mean, you know, if Boston got Boston. Boogie Cousins this year, I'd I'd start to get pretty concerned.
1: Yeah.
0: The Boston got a lot of nice pieces. They're just a a, a, um, a huge you know, one superstar away, obviously. And given the fact that uh, Danny Ainge's uh, training philosophy mirrors uh, Scott Fuller's, they just offer uh, ridiculous, insulting, lowball offers until some you know poor idiot uh, accepts it. And you know, it's, it's eventually, it's going to work for him. It has not the past.
2: Yeah. I mean, then I think there's a very legit shot that they could get Boogie, right? It seems like things are really falling apart there in Sacramento, and they can offer a no-pun-intended Kings ransom uh, Uh for him right now.
0: Yes, the Kings have the seventh seed right now. They're a playoff team.
2: Yeah, I guess that's true. So if they – things would really have to implode with Boogie because if they have any shot at the playoffs, they're not going to blow it up. They just got to open that new arena. Exactly. I'm going to try to go see the Cavs play there in a couple weeks, Patty. Ooh, it's exciting. Hopefully it won't get blown out like the last time you went. I was looking at uh, tickets today. Kings tickets, reasonable, expensive, but reasonable. Yeah. The tickets for the Warriors game on MLK Day are just uh, punch me in the stomach. Really? $250 for upper deck.
1: Those bleeds cheap.
2: Bad seats.
0: Yeah, I mean, we, uh, we're, just, we're, and we're going to go to the Nets game uh, uh, next week, I think. Um, and yeah, tickets are normally like you know $30, 40 bucks uh, up, up the and so we had to pay like a hundred bucks <laughs> for that. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, champions, man. That's the championship uh, market. Uh, yeah. That's right.
2: Uh, you want to talk roster?
0: I would love to talk for Astrid. Um Yeah, so, so let, let me let me set the stage for you first, and then you give me your take. Uh, the way I see it, look, the, the, the major needs are a point guard, a backup point guard, uh, a, a, a 3 and D defensive wing, uh, and a big man, right? Those three. Um, we don't have much in the way of trading chips. We have a, a trade protection exception, but not a lot of teams are strapped for cap space because of the, the huge, you know, cap spikes. Not, that's not that. Uh, yep. Uh, not as but, valuable. Not as valuable. We have Chedi Osman, the Turkish delight. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, who actually? I mean, he's kind of you know, I mean, like he's probably not gonna do anything. He's, he's he's not Christian Iwanga. He's 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 a decent. Skilled uh, uh, project who could be really good, um, but after him it's uh, Keith Felder. Like there's there's not much in the way of trade assets, so it's not likely that future future draft picks, right? Yeah, even then our, we've we've traded away so many firsts, we don't have a lot to give in like a couple years away. I don't even know how many. I don't think we. I don't
2: really? think we've had any futures given up anymore, do we? We gave up last year's. I think we I, we can't trade this year's until the right. draft, but I think we can trade our the twenty eight our twenty eighteen pick, I'm pretty sure.
0: I thought we gave that away
2: already, but I can't remember.
0: Um
2: well maybe we had an extra pick. To to Boston? I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. When we were unloading players pre Lebron, maybe. But I think that was this I think that was this year's pick.
0: So so there's not a lot, but the point being anyway, you're right. There's not a
2: there's not a whole lot. You're right.
0: We're like we're likely to get it one of these three. We might be able to get two. There's no way we're getting three. So where are your priorities, man, and why?
2: So I think um, last is a backup point guard.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that is because th- – th- actually, LeBron's going to be my answer to a lot of questions here, right? <laughs> LeBron is, is my answer there, right? Because he is, he is sort of the point guard in the starting unit, and Kyrie is sort of the point guard when he's out of the game. Yep. Um, and for l- the limited – and Jesus Christ, I mean limited when I talk about Iman Shumpert. Yes. You know how I feel about him dribbling. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't think we need that much more than that. It would be a nice to have, mm-hmm. um, and maybe Felder will get there someday, but I don't, I don't think we need that. Um, after that, I think I go big man. And again, this is because LeBron, because LeBron can swing out and play the four extremely effectively um rj can play the four if we the big kind of big man i'd like to have would just be like a young uh chris anderson type right yeah like a big guy who can play d and be very smart on d and run the floor and dunk
1: mm -hmm.
2: that's all i don't need a skilled big man on this i'd love to have one but we don't need a skilled big man and i sort of feel like there should be some hope that that type of player could be around right yeah. Um, like I'm not under the illusion that we're gonna get Nerlens Noel, but like a uh, uh, homeless man's Nerlens Noel, yeah. who's just a heads-up guy that's big and can do those things. It feels like those are the kind of players you can turn up, mm-hmm. um, which is also sort of what the wing need we have is, is guys that you can find like our new starting shooting guard DeAndre Liggins, right? Yeah who are guys that are kicking around and just working on their game and can defend and learn how to shoot a three. Those you can find those types of guys, right? Like Atlanta has been finding them for years. Um, Golden state's pretty good at finding that type, honestly. So I feel like those are out there. And I think the hope coming into the year was that Jordan McRae would sort of be some version of that. And it, like every minute looks like he is not any version of that.
0: No, he's a D league all-star. Um, You know, it's uh, he's not going to be a rotation player ever, it seems like.
2: It doesn't feel – he's looked – and he's getting – I mean, he's going to get his opportunity now. Um, But he is just not – like, I'm so much more comfortable with Liggins in the game.
1: Well,
0: for sure. Than with him. Liggins can only play when the big three are all on the court uh, to mask his uh, offensive deficiencies. But when when he's out there, it's just great. You got this, like, you know – like assassin out there, just just targeting guys. But I mean, he really bothers Steph when he had the ball. Um, yeah, in of his games, that was really clear. Um, so that's great to see. It's great. It's a great weapon to have available. But um, yeah, no, that I,
2: feels he feels like a real asset to me.
0: Yeah, I have to say I completely agree with you. My my priority is, get, is getting a, a, a wing defense first and foremost. Uh, big man next, and the point guard last. Because yeah, you're right. LeBron's a starting point guard. Kyrie is sort of the you know he starts out as the shooting guard, so to speak. And when LeBron's out of of the lineup, Kyrie's playing point guard, basically. Uh, And then Amon's sort of the emergency guy to bring the ball to the court. But he's not really running the offense. uh, It's LeBron's running the offense. No. Now,
2: you know, there's a world – if if Detroit was better, I'd be worried about running into them without big man depth. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And just having Drummond eat us alive. But I just don't think they're – I don't think they're good enough for that to be an issue. And then after that, who are the teams that that have that kind of size and big guys that play like that? Yeah. You know, I guess if we were going to run into boogie, I'd be worried.
0: Yeah. You just, you just really want to have
2: those guys, those guys are in the West though, you know, like the towns, Davis, boogie, those, those kind of bigs that just, they're there, but we're not going to have to worry about them. Right. Right. And, and clearly not necessary against the warriors.
0: No, exactly, and that. But to me, at the end of the day, that's what you're thinking about. That's what you're worrying about. That's why that, that's just you should be targeting the roster in a trade as one goddamn team. Because look, if you can't get to the finals and face them, they love you, you know. Then you can re re rethink. Yeah. And go back to time. But right now, you got to think that we're pretty good enough that we can scrap past any team, um, even if we have you know a few injuries in the wrong spots. The important thing is to be able to have all the tools necessary to beat the Golden State Warriors. Um and if we face another team, say levy. Normally I say don't don't target one team. You I, I was saying that all the time uh, last year, I think, right? You know, don't target one team. We did the last time we did that, we tried to target the levy Magic you know, with the Shack trade. Right. And uh we you know blew up we didn't actually face them we didn't actually have a good matchup against the Celtics instead. Uh you know, you can't just you can't assume you're gonna have the matchup you want. Um, but in this case I think they're so goddamn good and otherwise unbeatable that we have to target them and we have to just hope that we have enough to get by everybody else. And if we don't, we don't. Um, yeah. So. And I,
2: I barring um, like a boogie type trade to, to a couple teams on the East. I think we're fine. Yeah. Really. With, with what we have. Um, what are you looking at the, the Cavs? The, the Cavs have to do something, right? I don't think they can go through yes. with dead rot They go through the season with dead roster spots in, uh, Mo Williams and Birdman. Right. Um, and, and the effectively dead roster spots of McCray Felder and James Jones.
0: Ex- yes. Yes. Yeah. Right.
2: And then, cause then one of your 10 is, is Dunleavy who is also been no great shakes. No. Um, so I think they need to add functional players.
1: Um, and
2: I'm just, I'm, I'm a little concerned that the NBA's smarter now to not allow them to rip somebody off.
0: Right. Right.
2: You know, who are the dumb GMs you'd focus on? And especially with the, as you pointed out earlier, salary crunch being less of a thing now.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um,
2: so this will be over, you know, I'm sure Griff is, is looking forward to the challenge. Uh, if there's anybody that can do it, I, I believe he can. Um, yeah. You know, I guess all that said, he picked up uh, Channing Frye for nothing last
0: year for Joe mm-hmm. Harris, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that's been huge. Uh, I, I, You know, I take back the idea that we can only get one of these three, uh, only because we have enough trade pieces if we want to trade Chetty, if we want to trade uh, uh, K Felder. I don't really want to trade K Felder uh, or Chetty, but, you yeah, know, I'd be willing to give one of them, depending on what we get back in return. Um, And we had the trade protection exception. We can probably trade for one of these pieces. And don't forget, there's going to be a lot of guys, a lot of good, solid veterans who still have a lot to give that get bought out.
2: True,
0: Um, too. Yeah. We should
2: theoretically be an attractive destination for those guys.
0: I mean, obviously, it was bizarre that we lost that. Although the
2: Warriors will be, the Warriors will be, too.
0: Yeah, I'm still continually surprised how many guys don't find them to be obnoxious, but... um, (laughs) corny-ass Warriors. But uh, we'll see. Um, so, I don't know. Who, who are you thinking that could, could be legitimate targets. I mean, P.J. Tucker is the guy that I keep hearing a lot about um, Phoenix. It's a guy that Griff has targeted uh, for a yep. long time and fits the mold of a long, kind of defensive-minded uh, uh, wing player that can shoot
1: three. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: um, I haven't honestly heard so many other names floated so far. That's the that's the the one name I've heard, and it's really just been wing conversation. The backup point guard thing is focused on guys who are not on roster, you know, the Mario
0: Chalmers, Chalmers sort of yeah. the world. But Chalmers um, come back from a Achilles injury, and he's like delayed by a month. And uh.
2: yeah, and also Pat, I have serious issues with him uh, jumping up ahead of Kendrick Perkins as the most hated Cav <laughs> ever for me. I hate. Hey, to Mario Chalmers. Uh, oh, my God.
0: Yeah, he's he was eight. running
2: around thinking he was a top five point guard in the league. Oh, come on.
0: He's got, he's got those bug eyes.
2: I don't want any part of that. Nope. Okay, can you imagine? Kendrick Perkins, Mike Dunleavy. Dunleavy and Mario Chalmers? All the Not okay. Three-year time span. Not okay. <laughs> we could probably take uh, Joe Kim Noah off the Knicks hands, Patty. They'd probably but, oh, oh, for some salary relief.
0: You know <laughs> what? You know what, Maddie. I would actually do that just to fuck with him, make him live in Cleveland half the year. <laughs> I wouldn't. You guys sit here and live in
1: Cleveland.
2: That is dead money. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah. Was, I think I think we're gonna have to wait to see what shakes out in the rest of the league. Who drops out of the playoff picture? What what? Whose scenes blow up? Who gets unhappy?
0: How soon do we have to move? Uh, no, because we only have
2: like eight like
0: uh, usable players right
2: now. Um. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, get... I feel like they feel like they can get through. They're obviously not concerned about um record. the number one seed. Yeah. Or, and record generally, right? Like they don't care. Although I think we're going to open up a two-game lead because the Warriors are up by twenty-one with a minute fifty left in the first quarter. Um, mm. so I don't think they care about that. They're going to keep resting LeBron and and the rest of the guys uh, down the stretch, which I think everybody agrees with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think they got a lot of time, deadline and beyond. They have to whenever rosters have to be finalized a month before the playoffs or whatever it is, a couple of weeks before the playoffs. Um, to you know to pick up to pick up free agents. So I I don't think they I don't feel like they think they need to move anytime soon and I don't I don't think they're gonna do something dumb because they feel like they need a body on the roster right right like the worst, the worst case would be they finally finalize the buyout for Mo and get rid of him and add somebody from the D League
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay oh, um, I feel like they just need active players Mo's a contract Jesus yeah, we got a bunch of contracts on this team. Um, anyway, I, I think we're drifting. Let's. Um, uh, actually, I'm gonna say about the cast before we move on to. Uh, um, no, I'm just. I'm both. super hyped.
2: I, I love this team more and more each day.
0: I just, yeah, that, 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 that Christmas present was just so perfect. I, I, and this gets actually to a good transition point, Maddie. Um, watching that game, you know, Becker was really, and you know, as you heard her say earlier, like he was just so, so tense, you know, in those last five minutes. I don't know about you, Matty, like, I was excited, I was pumped, but I felt like, you know, it was, it was in a different place. Uh, uh, you know, I was, one, prepared for us to lose that game because it meant more to the Golden State than it did to us, one. And, uh, you know, two, I'm just used to being annoyed on Christmas Day by, by a yes so, you know, so I was geared up for a loss, but also I was very much like, it's okay. Regular, uh, regular, regular season has taught me it doesn't matter. Yes. No, uh, 100%. That stuff doesn't matter. And also, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, I will be annoyed. I will be bummed if we don't win uh, the championship this year. But you can't erase. You can't take away. One uh, coming back from a three-one deficit uh, uh, to win the greatest NBA championship in history. Uh, I I can't I can't get that upset anymore. No, maybe which, ever. Which brings me to the twenty sixteen World Series. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, my God. Oof. I mean, as you said to me, can you imagine if the Cavs hadn't won Game 7, how devastating Game 7 World Series would have been? That might have been
2: it for me, man. (laughs) I'm out. I'm out. That's it. That's another crazy – you know, everybody's talking about what a uh, terrible year 2016's been, and Trump won, and everybody died, and all this stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, but – One amazing thing did happen, and I sort of like that. I mean, that hadn't happened, I would be in such a dark place. Oh
1: my god! That we came
2: back, we had him on the ropes, and then a a, a rain shower came through and wiped it away. I I, I don't know that I could have recovered.
0: Maddie, it would, it would, that would have made me believe in God incontrovertibly. (laughs) (laughs) That alone, and. Secondly, would have made me believe that he also fucking hates us and hates Cleveland.
1: Yeah.
0: Out of petty spite to make things as miserable as possible for us. Supposed to find new, increasingly more miserable ways to lose. But this didn't feel like that. Like that's exactly how I would no. about this. Would have thought like, this is, this is the worst. I didn't mean, think these would get lower, and they've gotten lower. Like, you know, they, they got yep. heartbreaking. Um, I, I'll admit, I was, I was despondent and publicly um, depressed for a full day. Um, but the last thing that's happened in 1997, um, I was oh. really depressed for over a week. And as I, I – one of the stories I tell people all the time is that I've, I, I've never been that visibly depressed about anything in my life for that long. Uh, even being dumped by girls yeah. was not, not that bad. This was the worst – that was the worst I'd ever really been depressed about something, And which is dumb because, like, I've had worse things happen in my life than that. But, like, it's – it just was like a cloud that followed me. Uh,
2: um, oh yeah, I know the feel I, I will tell you, Patty, I felt better that next day than you did. Or I felt mm-hmm. better the night of.
1: Yeah, the
2: next day I still felt sort of I felt a little more rotten as the day went on. I have not had it in me yet to read a bunch of like ESPN just had a here are all the crazy moments from Game Seven of the World Series article that was on today. I, I can't read that yet.
0: Did you be Joe? And Joe uh, his, his piece? Of- no. That's worth nope.
2: A- I haven't. I love. I of course it is. I love Puznansky. He's my favorite sports writer. I haven't mm-hmm. been able to to do that. He and uh, Michael Schur do a podcast. Right. Talked about their favorite moments from from that World Series. I haven't been able to listen to that. Saved in my on my phone. Um, well, so I, I I'm upset about it still, but it's not nowhere near. Yeah. Worlds, 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 worlds apart from where it would have been if the Cavs had won
0: yeah no exactly uh uh you know the thing is like when it was in the moment when it happened when when harajai davis hit that home run one I, I i that's like top three losing my mind uh uh yes yeah. and, and I, I think top three that includes the, the the game seven you and i witnessed together the only two in the moment yeah I think, <laughs> Uh, were uh, uh, you know, it would have been that dunk if LeBron had actually been able to dunk that ball, but instead he didn't, and it just turned into a terrified moment. But it was the three by Kyrie, and it was the moment that we won the championship, obviously, our, our one and two. Uh, uh, well, one being when, when we won the championship. But this was, that was three. That was three. That was how amazing. I mean, I was screaming like someone had been murdered. I was so pumped. Um, I was laughing. I was
2: shocked laughing.
0: It just was unbelievable. And I, I, I had said to myself at the time, honestly, I'm gonna be okay if we don't win this game. That was just worth it. That was so amazing, so incredible. I'm so happy. I love this team so much. Um, but that changed when Kipnis had that foul ball that looked. The, it looks. like Hold yep. none That he hits from that side. It looked exactly like it. I jumped up and shouted because I thought we had just won the World Series. And I saw it fade into the seats, and I just knew it, it was like it was like that. That allegory, not an allegory, but like you know, when guys you know, a deep five ball but it goes just foul, you know they're gonna strike out and get out. Like it's just like just automatic. Yeah. That's how I felt in that moment. It's like, oh, yep. we're not gonna win the World Series. He's gonna, yeah, shit. And then on top of that, it was just like I thought we'd won and got taken away from us, and that put me into a dark place for a day. Yeah, like, but for that thing, I think I would have I would have had a, a a better time handling this that that loss. But yeah. Oh, now, the
2: other th- the other things that are different here is like the, the Cubs were so much more talented than the Indians, right? We were way outmatched in this year. So even to be in it like we were, I know up 3-1 and there was all the comparisons to, to the, the NBA finals, but I don't – the Cavs and the Warriors are two pretty evenly matched teams. The Cubs and the Indians were not. No, um, yeah. The Indians were really scrapping there. And to have been down like we were in that game were the one thing we were counting on was Klubot and Miller locking them down and to have them get roughed up as badly as they did and still come back. Um,
1: <laughs> oh, man. It was
2: awesome. And it hurts. I mean, it's sucks that they lost that. But they're, I don't know. They're, that team was so overachieving. There's so much to be proud of that it felt like they – I don't know. It, that That made it hurt less too.
0: Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, this team is actually much more, you know, the 3 1 comparison. This team is much more like the Cavs in uh, 2014. Uh, Yes. Beaten up. 15 NBA Finals. Uh, Yeah, totally beaten up. Missing two of their best three players, right? We were missing two of our best three players. Uh, uh, No, and we had said, I had said, like, you know, yeah, we have a 3 1 lead, but, dude, we had to win that game. That was our only chance. Our only chance was to go up 3 1. And have one more shot with Fuder because you had to hope that um, our you know our injured fourth starter and our fifth starter could win one game between the two of them, all pitching on three days rest. That was the worst part. Everybody was on three days rest. Yep. So you got a most effective uh, Bauer and uh, 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 Tomlin, and Tomlin yep. uh, six. Like I knew going, you know, my, you know, my, my father-in-law, you know, was a huge fan was all depressed. And I said like, you shouldn't be depressed. Like we have a long shot to win either of these next two games. I mean, yeah, you guys are in a hole. The best case scenario for us, but uh, I think game seven is very likely. Um, but uh, yeah, I,
2: I, I felt that way throughout. Yeah. Um, so Patty, you real pumped up
0: with what the tribe did? I I am, but I have a question for you before we leave the the past behind, Matty. Okay. When we did our playoff preview, uh, I I made a a valiant effort to uh, make the case for why this year's tribe deserves to be uh, considered one of the most loved tribe teams of all time. Obviously, winning the World Series would have have clinched it, but uh, you know, a lot of our viewers or listeners, excuse me, uh, were just scoffed at at my suggestion that they can compare it to either 95 or 97. Uh, Where do you stand now on that?
2: So I think I even said at the time that if they win the world series, that, you know, it's a different
0: conversation. Uh, But they didn't. So where do they stand now?
2: But they didn't. So I think that I still think I like that 95 team more. And part of it is because that was the guts of what came after. So I think what follows how they do this year, next year, the next couple years will color how I feel about that team. But they are – I think I put them above the 97 team now. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think just behind 95.
0: Uh, I'm going to say they're my favorite team. I, I love these guys so much. Uh, uh, the personalities in particular, um, they're all good guys. Like, you know, I love that tragic 95, but some of them are kind of dicks. <laughs> uh, dicks? What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, come on.
2: Albert Bell is that who you're referring to, Patty?
0: A little bit. Matt Ramirez kind of a dick too. He was like our dick. He was our kind of like special. He dick.
2: wasn't a dick back then. He was a uh, he was just a whack, was whack job.
0: A whack job, yeah. Uh, I, I thought Carlos bag was, was kind of was kind of up dick.
2: Nah, nah, no. He wasn't a dick. No, no. Carlos, no. Kenny Lofton, so nice. Yeah. Omar, no, real, I nice. Like Lofton. Kobe, real nice. real nice i love all oh, the alomar real nice the alomar no, Chuck just... nagy real nice that's true hershey's a real nice was... el presidente real nice was, you're right
0: you're right jose mesa dick. i don't know
2: if he was nice or not but yeah, come
0: on he, uh, he got into a fight with uh, omar pascal over a book omar wrote oh dick. yeah
2: that's right dick i mean omar sold him out
0: a little bit in that book but
1: yeah dick. you're right Good to be.
0: I mean, the one Dayton kid the tribe has is Trevor Bauer, who is also certifiably insane. Um, so, yeah, yeah that that's out of his mind. Yeah. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and say I, I I love this team. I love this team so much. This is this is my favorite team. Are you uh, really unhappy that Napoli's gonna go away? I'm a little bummed. I'm a little bummed. I just bought Becca was was, was wearing during this podcast her uh, party Napoli shirt that I bought her for Hanukkah. Uh, uh, I, I, yeah. I – I feel a little uncomfortable buying a party Napoli shirt at season was done, but like I, you know, it caught on too late, and I can't buy one for myself because you know it doesn't feel right. But um, but she, Becca, really got behind Napoli and loved him, and so I feel like she deserves to have that shirt. Um, and so
2: um, uh, he's did the you, one. Did
0: you see the nice Twitter back and forth between him and Jose Ramirez? Oh yeah. Oh God goddamn, I, I saw that. I love those guys. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, you know, Ozzie is my favorite tribe uh, tri- player. Mike Napoli is the one tribe player that my son could recognize on site uh, during the World Series. Um, so I'm bummed to be losing him, but, but Maddie, Maddie, I mean. Yeah, as, as, like, as bummed
2: as I am, if we had had a competent cleanup hitter in that World Series, we very well might have won.
0: I think we would have, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just one or two big swings could have changed a couple yeah. of things
2: uh gee. I I am thoroughly surprised and impressed that they pulled that off. it's oh, incredible. one that the market settled the way that it because he turned down a four year 80 million dollar deal from the Blue Jays mm-hmm. um obviously thinking there'd be bigger money out there. there wasn't the tribe seems like they played that market just right.
0: Well it's just um, it's, it's yet another uh, uh Cleveland uh, plant. Uh, Anderson Vergeau helped give the Cavs the championship. Uh, <laughs> sabotage. Him. Mark Shapiro. Mark
2: Shapiro and uh, what's his oh. name? Oh, I forget. Ross but, Atkins, Ross Atkins.
0: But somebody else pointed out the two guys that they signed, uh, supposedly to replace him, they're spending more money on. Yeah, it, it,
2: it does feel like the Blue Jays mishandled that one. They
0: blew it. It sounds like they blew it. Um, but Pretty only, badly. Only because it's incredible that we got uh, – uh, uh, they crashed down for what we got him for, which is
1: three years.
0: Three years and sixty-five. It's incredible. Yeah. It's sixty per year with now the, the five is for what the buyout we want to buy out of his uh, fourth year. Yep.
2: Yep. I'm uh and I'm guessing we're gonna buy him out of that fourth year, probably, but whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Um that's exciting, man. He is a fun player. Uh, scared the crap out of me on that blue jays team. Terrifying me, but is I, he like, I was Is he what?
0: You're also kind of a dick. Uh,
2: no, I think that's just if you're on the other team, he seems like a dick.
0: One of those guys, like and
2: players, like players like playing with him.
0: That's good to hear. That's good to hear. He's
2: a good, he's a good clubhouse guy, supposedly.
0: Oh, that's great. Uh, no, Mike Napoli, but um, it's fine. Let's give Mike Napoli his due. Like, there's so many good articles about like what he meant to the team in terms of team building and confidence. The thing is, I think like they've grown up. Oh, in- oh, yeah. Kitness has sort of taken over that role. I mean, he, we don't give him enough credit. Like, the stuff he was saying, just he was just such a fucking rock for this team. Uh, I, I, yeah. It, it, I mean, <laughs> did you see what Kitness tweeted uh, after the Nkarnassi on signing? <laughs>
2: no, I have another one for you, though. Remind me. I, I, I saw it. With,
0: I it was, was a, a gift from Nacho Libre. Uh,
2: oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the one he put out on like Christmas or Christmas Eve when he was like, I was at church and they were doing communion. And when the priest got to me, he said, body of God. And I said, thank you. I have hey. been working out.
1: <laughs> I did see that.
0: Oh man, I love it. That's so great. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this is exciting. This is a t- I mean, look, the, the scary thing is like, you know, as we found out this year, you know, pitching is very volatile in terms of health. Um. I don't know what to expect of these guys next year. Um, right, that's
2: pos- I mean, the good the good news is that we have it, and there's depth, and there's more in the minors. So, he mm-hmm. you crossed your fingers there. Looks like we're going to lose Rajai Davis, which is too bad. Yeah, he that's a, the, a nice place in my heart.
0: That's the one big hole we have left, Matty, is the competent center fielder uh, uh, from a defensive perspective. Because uh, shows how anything – right. Although, the, this kid. Um, Greg Allen. Well, that's right. Is he, Is maybe? He who was going
2: to, he was going to be in the Lucroy trade. Well, they think he'll right, start, at, right. I think they're going to start him at double A or triple A and then see, but I, his, he rates extremely well defensively. So I think there's a,
0: we see
2: him at some point this year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, Brad Zimmer, our number one prospect, it's a question whether he's going to play this year, right? Or is he? leagues? Yeah, I'm not sure.
2: I mean, he's that's I just want to be sure I understand. He's not hurt. He'll play this year. No, no, um, no I meant, but, Lee, but Lee, I Lee. don't. I, I oh, I don't. I don't think they think he'll be ready for for the big leagues this year. That would be a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I think um,
1: he's something to work on, but he, it's
2: yeah. the it's the other uh, Yandy um, Diaz.
0: Right, is he the catcher?
2: Right. Uh, no, outfield play, third base, play corner outfield. Oh, that's right. that's so I think right. they think I think I think that's the most likely guy
1: come
2: uh, to come to come up and play. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Gonzalez is sort of a super sub who was at AAA last year. Who I think you could see come up and be um, be the utility guy, maybe I mean, if we mm-hmm. fall out of love with Michael Martinez at some point. No, thank we God! Should, we should fall out of love with Michael Martinez at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, you gotta hope Brantley comes back.
0: Yeah, but you can't count. Like I'm, I'm, I'm sort of.
2: I know you're super nervous about it.
0: I'm so. I I'm nervous. I'm to the point where I am. I am mentally counting him out. So I won't be devastated when he doesn't come back. Um, I, I, I think the kind of the way he didn't was able to come back from his injury last year bodes very poorly for his his long term future. Um, but that would really it? I, uh, suck. It would really suck, but we'd still be okay uh we just added i just mean from a
2: like uh you know like sizemore going out at the at the beginning uh, of his peak and
0: that's exactly what it is brantley that's exactly what it is that's why i was so nervous last year when when a guy plays that little and he can't get past the injury yeah i hope he still has has it in him he's a whole year without really playing he's gonna be rusty as hell yeah so we'll have to see but um uh matt anything else to the tribe before we move on no, I'm just real
2: pumped for next year, man. I, and I'm glad they sold a bunch of season tickets. I hope that keeps going. They, I mean, the fans need to show up.
0: Yeah, that's I was something in, that's good. in Cleveland,
2: when this, that signing happened, and uh, that was all the talk on sports radio is all right, the Dolans open their checkbook. Time for us to. Let's go. And it seems like they are so far. So that's great. I'm very excited next year, Patty, because the Indians visit both the Giants.
0: Ooh. So I'll get to go to a lot of games. That's exciting. It is Indians will only visit the Yankees once, yes. I think, because of that stupid-ass, uh, comp- uh, uh, what do they call it, the unbalanced schedule. So we can watch mm-hmm. 10 games against the fucking Royals. Yes. Just, I, that's, I, that, to me, is the worst thing in the baseball schedule, not in a league play, but unbalanced schedule. Well,
2: it's
0: a, it's a good thing for an Indians
2: team that's in a division where the White Sox and Royals seem to be packing it in.
0: That is true. That's true. I will take that as the consolation prize. Um, Maddie, should we uh, should we talk about the Browns? They won a game, Maddie. Let's talk. I've got ten
2: minutes, nine minutes, Patty. Let's. We you can talk about the Browns. I'll let it. I'll let it go. I know you want to badly.
0: Eh, they won a game. That's great. Uh, and they're still the number one pick. Let's let's talk about something more important. How about Star Wars? Ooh, yeah. Yeah, That's much more fun. So so you saw you see it once. I've seen it twice. Uh, give me, give me your instant review. Uh thoroughly enjoyed it.
2: I don't know that there's a whole lot to uh, like. It's I, I don't. There's missing something for me, and I'm trying to figure out what it is. I liked all the actors in that movie. Yeah, think, I think to a person, I don't know that there's any actor that I did not enjoy. Their performance. which mm-hmm. I'm thinking through right now. I don't think there was one. The basic construct of the story I liked. I think there's just something missing around. I guess spoiler alert, because uh, we're just we'll just talk oh, yeah, about yeah. it.
0: Spoiler alert, uh, Up the wise we're talking about Star
2: Wars. We haven't seen it yet. There's something about not knowing uh, Jin well enough as a character. Ding 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 ding. ding. Yep. To be totally in, invested in it, you know, like that just comes out of nowhere. So even like her relationship with. With uh, Saw Gerrera. Yep. It's
0: all tough. Um, it's like all... I didn't,
2: right? Yeah. I didn't really buy that. Even the stuff with her dad, what her motivations are, what she's been doing her whole life, her relationship with the rebellion, all of that stuff didn't really this... come together. And so that that sort of was the fatal flaw of the, the, the whole enterprise for me
0: one i'm not a
2: fatal flaw that's not a fair way to put it but that was the, that's the the major chink in the armor there is that. no
0: that was my biggest biggest criticism of the movie was that i didn't i i, I wanted to care about jen and cassian to be frank and i didn't really care yeah about them. um I, they were very kind I, need, I needed to one of them a lot more
2: which means i probably needed to see more of her it, history it.
0: Now, interestingly, watching the second time through Maddie, it was much more enjoyable. And I cared more about the characters because now I know their entire story. Now I know their background, right. I know their motivation, now I know what they're fighting for. I know that Jin uh, doesn't want to belong to something greater than herself because she's been abandoned by two, by two different father figures. Right. Um, she doesn't like being ordered around, it doesn't like following morals. wants to look out for herself. And so the whole story is about her learning to let go and become part of something bigger than herself to the, to the ultimate level of sacrificing her life for the greater cause, right? Uh, and Cassian learning to like, you know, follow his, follow his morals instead of, uh, um, you the top opposite direction of, of just, you know, shooting guys in the back because that's what the rebellion needs. Um, um, you know, drawing a line in the sand and, and doing the right thing to help someone that he cares about, right? he believes in like it, it, so you, you got that but on the second wave th- pass through you really got it. uh well i mean it, it's right. just,
2: and, and honestly you you probably don't want to hear this but that's probably something that's true of star wars in general right
0: no i should say it's a pattern i had the exact same reaction to uh well i'm the exact same i like the characters in um uh the force awakens and i was definitely in, invested in right well, i'm thinking i'm thinking
2: I'm saying right where that's something where by the time you could think critically enough to evaluate a movie like that, those characters already had an enormous arc in mythology that you were fully aware of and could place it in. But if you're just watching new hope fresh, I would yeah. imagine that you would have similar criticisms,
1: right? Right. Well, no,
0: I would disagree a little bit in the sense that I think that the structure of the story uh, made clear what the motivations were for Luke. Uh, it's, I mean, they teach it in in, in writing school. Like, it's, it's it's the perfect story structure. Uh, uh, you know, following the hero's journey and everything. Uh, uh, you know, you can complain about like the bad dialogue and the and the cheesiness factor, but that's also. You know that was just a fun movie that still like made you care a little bit about the characters from a superficial standpoint. Like, they didn't need to be like like yeah, what? but I th- I think
2: you, I think I think you're you're viewing that with the full knowledge in the same way that the the second time through Rogue One you were like oh no no I get it she had been abandoned by two father figures and she wanted this and she needed to give up and that's a she had her own hero's journey that she had to go through and I see that now.
0: Well yes and no it's I hard. think
2: that's sort of true of, of New Hope man. It's hard. It's hard. Maybe, to just, you should, maybe you should watch that again. It's pretty bad.
0: Oh, I did. I watched it immediately after the second viewing. It was kind of fun cause, cause the best part about the Road One is is nostalgia for uh, real fans, and that it, it This is a great job of plugging. It really did that. It well. plugs in plot holes from uh, episode four. Yeah. yeah, it has great shotbacks. I Man, I you probably watched it late enough so you didn't have the real fans I watched an opening night, and the biggest cheer the movie got. Was when the two uh, fighter pilots from uh, A New Hope uh, mm-hmm. spliced in. Did you recognize that? The two fighter pilots. Uh, uh, Rogue uh, uh, Red Leader and Gold Leader. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Those yeah. were actors. Those were cut outtakes from A New Hope that they spliced into the to the the great battle uh, at the end of the movie. Uh, both those moments got huge cheers uh, from the crowd when that when that thing came up. People were a little bit uncomfortable when Tarkin appeared. Uh, and that was another problem for me, in a sense, yeah, Yeah,
2: I read a review where that was the guy's only, in fact, only real criticism of the movie was, loved everything about it, but the Grand Moff Tarkin thing really threw him for a loop. Yeah. Um, um, Just wasn't sure how to, how to feel about it,
0: basically. one thing I'll give Rogue One that I think you might agree with, I'm guessing, and I thought it was the best thing that it did was that it, it felt like the most, every Star Wars was going to have plot holes, as Becca said, like, so they have one guy guarding the entire archive of the entire empire. one blood yeah. clerk guy, uh, you know, but like, honestly, that's a little more explainable than most of the Star Wars stuff to that see. Uh, that's just, that's just the, that's the, you know, yeah. Uh, but it, looks like the most realistic um, depiction of like what life might be like in that universe. Right. It was the most gritty and believable from a, from a textile, like, acted standpoint. Uh, totally I, agree. And there was no Jedis. I
2: think that's a big part of it, right?
0: Yeah, totally. Um, but what, what I'm talking about, with, what, what reason why I don't agree with you with uh, with uh, uh, just watching the second time through is the reason why I love the original Star Wars and I would have the same key. Those, even if the, the characters themselves were not delivered with the depth right of of these characters in terms of their their impassioned performances because it was a little more campy right um those movies though at least was, at least a new hope because the new hope is the one to starts to to introducing you new characters did a better job setting up what their motivations were from the get-go and made it's so clear up the top and they show it instead of telling it whereas in you sort of see a little bit which tries to run away um, the rebels that are rescuing her, but other than that, she's just passive in the first hour. Just yeah, sure, going along. You don't really know what her motivation is. You just know she's involved with Saul, and it's not really until she has this long dialogue scene with Saul that you get her motivational background. But that's again, that's telling, not showing. So you don't really feel it. You don't really care. Um, and I think that's yeah, doomed it. Because otherwise, they I felt like they nailed a lot of the texture and everything. And, uh, and also, uh, last name, K2 Robot that uh, just stole the show. best part of that movie. 90, yeah, that was great. 90% of the best lives. <laughs>
1: he was I, I'm with you. It Captain. Captain, Captain <laughs> that <I have> to. <laughs> I'm coming with you, too. Oh, it was great. Uh, no, they did It anyway.
2: um. So this is this is random, but the the blind temple guardian, whatever we're calling that dude, I can't remember his the character's name.
0: Uh Chimrit am we? Am Yeah, right? that dude. Yeah. Did
2: he remind you? Did you feel I felt like that was cribbed directly from the book version of World War Z? Oh. Do you know do you remember what I'm talking about? There's Not, one, in one of the subplots, there is a
1: oh. blind
2: Japanese um I think he's a monk. I think he's a Buddhist monk. Yes, that's just that's just out in like a big uh, in the in the woods, basically during the apocalypse, and just survives. That's line by relying on his sen- on his senses and invites a fighting style. Invents a fighting style that eventually gets taught to other people to battle the zombies. Um, it felt a whole lot like that to me.
0: That's interesting. I I don't know. Uh, my, my memory of that chapter in World War Z is not as vivid as yours. Or was it maybe multiple chapters? Can't remember. But um, so that didn't strike for me as much. Um, one
1: thing I will say Did you like that
0: character? Oh, I love that character. I love. He, he was the one guy I got choked up with when he started. When he died, you know. I get a, I choke up very easily in movies, but <laughs> but that was the one. You choked up? Yeah, I got I got a little, I got a little, I was like, oh, I love that dude. You know, I, I can't. Well, I mean, I care. I care that he died. Everyone else died, more or less, except for the robot. Him and the robot were the two that I was kind of bummed about. And and uh, Chimurate Uwe's uh, uh, buddy, his burly his guardian or whatever. Like, th- those deaths, I was. That I felt bad about. What's that? That dude was great. Oh, was so great. And their little banter was wonderful. Felt a little bit like Maddie and Patty, don't you? A little. <laughs> I don't know what, who that makes you, but. Come well, on, make you the awesome blind guy. You're, you're, you're the big dude to that one, guy.
2: I guess that's true. It would have to go that way.
0: You don't believe in the Force, but I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah anyway, um, I, I, I. It bodes well for um, um, the team that's in charge of this movie, uh, this, this franchise. I feel like it's in good hands, and... I'm already very – I mean, I'm I'm still heartbroken over uh, uh, Carrie Fitz's death. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask you, Patty. Maybe this is where you're
2: going is what does that mean for uh, Princess (sighs) Leia? Like, is the suggestion here that – because we talked about this earlier, that maybe she's the one that dies in the next, um, you know, whatever they're calling episode eight.
1: Eight. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I mean, look, I I'm upset for reasons beyond Star Wars. It's like she, was awesome of course, looks and I just, I just met her a month ago, as we said the top of the podcast. Um, you know, it's just, you know it's
2: no. This is not the reason to be upset about anything. I'm just making the uh, no, no, but no, no. am that, interested in the conjecture here, the fan totally. conjecture.
0: Oh, but that aside, it's also one of those things of like you know it it, it, it stinks to have you know somebody take away from an active project too. Like, that th- is another problem. Not that she was susceptible to the Star Wars movies, but she was the mother of the villain. <laughs> you know, right? I gotta assume that she was part of the story. Actually, not to be honest. Um, but um, you know, and that's the other thing is like I don't know what they have in mind for eight, but eight's in the can. Like if die dies in eight, in season, holy shit, because that means they, they have to kill off Leia somehow. Uh, now that she's, you know, the, the actress that played her is dead, they, they can't. I mean, there's legal restrictions, I think. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe she signed them all away.
2: Uh, or, Patty, even more disconcerting, um, her, after the, the grandma of Tarkin stuff is, does it matter if the actor dies?
0: Right. Well, that's my point. Like, they can't, I don't think they can do that with her. It's too soon, right? Tarkin, the, the, the Peter Cushing, the guy who played Tarkin, had been dead for like 20 years. Eh. Things a little easier to get away with that. And Carrie Fisher was still alive, so playing her something in person that was not uh, so like now I think that there's gonna be a lot of controversy around that. Um, you know, I have no idea if she gets killed in obviously episode eight, um, but she is the mother of the villain. Um she's gotta you gotta imagine that she comes into play somehow offstage, off stage, you know, in a prototype, type uh, not in a front stage, but like in yeah, I don't know what's going to happen, man. I... It's going to be very got,
1: interesting to see.
0: I got to imagine they try and kill her off stage somehow. Um, uh, but it, it right? she ends alive.
2: Uh, you, would, you would think that would compromise the storytelling in a pretty big way, though.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of, uh, again, Heath Ledger. I, yes. hundred yes. percent. Like, yeah. Uh, the, third, the third Batman movie did not really make a lot of sense. It was not that great, and you, you knew they were planning to have the Joker in that and the third Batman. Yep, they kept them alive at the end of the movie uh, of the first one, so you knew that was going to happen. Um, and so they just they you know they had to write a different story. Um, so that's something that's going to you know come to play. So I don't know. Uh, it, it's that's that's, that's also a big bummer. We're just going to have to find out. Um, uh, one thing I'm going to try and do, Matt, I'm not sure i going to be able to do it. I'm going to try and not watch any of the trailers for episode eight. For
2: episode eight. Yeah. Well, I'll just watch them and tell you what
1: happens. Don't worry. Ah, goddammit, <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs>
0: Because I remember being upset that, like, you know, certain shots I saw in the first one, like, you know, the moment with Han and Chewie walk on. To the. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, We're home, that thing. So I knew that they were going to be coming in when they were like all freaked out on the on the, the uh, Millennium Falcon and the, you know about to spring a poison gas leak. Um, you know there was that scene in the original trailer where you know runs stumbling through the forest and like shoots his arm out and then his life punches open. It's a great iconic shot. It's not in the movie. Yeah, they didn't use it. There's yeah. a pun in the
2: uh, in the Rogue One trailer that didn't end up in the movie too.
0: And that's actually that's it's weird. A, I have a feeling they cut out some some scenes of dialogue that might have actually helped
1: in character.
0: Yeah. scene originally they have all these lines about like she says, "Well, it's a rebellion, isn't it?" I rebel. Clearly talking about how she's not doesn't follow orders. Yeah. And they come across. They were just lecturing her and she didn't say anything. That she, yeah. she was, was passive. That's a big problem. It's, it's, it's an easy problem to fall into. You know, to, to have your main character be passive. Um, but that was a huge thing. But, otherwise, I, no, I agree. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. I enjoyed it much more in the second half because I was able to care about the characters this time through. Um, and, oh, we didn't even talk about the fucking kick ass Darth Vader scene at the end.
2: Oh, that was great. So that great. Him, him mowing through the, uh, the whatever, the rebel soldiers.
0: That's all I wanted the the prequels to be, at least the third prequel, it was supposed to be a whole movie of Darth Vader fucking people up. Yeah. It was supposed to be the episode three. That was what uh, Revenge of the Sith was supposed to be. Yeah, uh, I mean, the one, the one caveat I have is I did not appreciate the the super swirly lightsaber emotions. You did but that seemed very prequely. Yeah. But, you know, was, but everything else is perfect. Just perfect. let me let me ask
2: you a one Star Wars nerd question before we go, Patty. The, uh... yeah, go for it. When they go to get Vader in this movie, and he's in his, you know, he's out of his his suit and he's in that tank. Mm-hmm. Um, what planet was that on? Was that the same planet that he got burned on at the end of? No,
0: it's episodes? not.
2: It looks very similar though. Yes, right? it
0: looks like Mustafar. Which I'm annoyed that I know the name of the planet in Episode Three. Uh, it's not Mustafar. I forget what planet it's supposed to be. However, um, the design of his castle or whatever these in which I didn't like, I was like, that's cheesy as shit. Um, it is actually an original Ralph McQuarrie um, sketch. Ralph McQuarrie is the oh, okay. conceptual artist that basically came up with every single like major visual. The visual look for Star Wars is basically Ralph McQuarrie, not, not George Lucas. And that was one of his old drawings that they've left on the, um, the cutting room floor. Um, I think maybe for a good reason, it was a little bit cheesy. <laughs> it makes it a lot, oh, yeah. a lot cheesy. Um, and honestly, I have one big problem with that, with that scene with Darth Vader. Um, Darth Vader has a sense of humor. Uh, yeah, he's dark. He's sarcasms, but you know, dark humor. He does not deal in fucking puns. Choke on your words. Choke on your on or your. Choke asp- on
2: your ambition. Oh, it's not even yeah.
0: ambition. the point out is aspirations, which is a second pun. It is like the breathing.
2: Oh yeah, no, I didn't even think about that. Is this, yeah,
0: that's not good. I in the Office, who is just, you know, bubbly and light and loves puns to death. Um, if I'm reminded of her, you failed in portraying Darth Vader. That was a <laughs> terrible, terrible line. I was so mad. Um, but it's all made up for within fucking action scene at the end. I, 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 you know, I know James Earl Jones getting up there in age, but I would just kill. I would love for there to be just one standalone Darth Vader movie. Before, yeah. Before he, before he goes, before he fully retires. I would love for there to be one full-on direct theater movie. It's not going to happen, probably. Uh, but they could certainly get a, get
1: a beta impersonator. Um, so, yeah, I, think, I don't think
0: that would be hard. They might have
2: enough dialogue recorded already from James Earl Jones yeah. to just make it happen.
1: Yeah. It's no, stuff
2: together.
0: There are guys that could do his voice enough. Um I mean, it's weird. He even sounded weird in this one. I didn't sound like it felt. It's, it's and actually, here's, here's the thing, Maddie. Last thing I'll tell you, last nerd thing I'll give you. If his costume looked a little clunky and his voice a little higher pitched, they did that like a historical movie, a historical film. They were just trying to match the crappy costume from the original. Yeah. And Vader's voice modulation, General Jones' voice modulation, was much higher in the first one that is in Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. And it's, it's the Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi Vader that we really remember most. Um,
2: so you feel that was very historically accurate?
0: That's what it was. I kind of wish they hadn't done that. <laughs> just hadn't. for
2: the, just for aesthetic reasons.
0: Just just stick with who would work. The better Vader, the better. Yeah. That would've been okay for me, but still, so that's the kind of stuff I'm like. This is the kind of shit that that, that Lucas wouldn't do. So like, these guys running the show here are are they're doing they're doing the right things. So if anyone's gonna figure out it's this team. So I, I have full faith that they're gonna. They're going to just do the right thing, whatever that right thing ends up being. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, that's exciting. And that's a good point, I think, to uh, end on. Th- thank you, Matty, for going ten, 10 minutes over on your title. It sounds like you probably already started of walking to do wherever you're going. That is correct. <laughs> I had
2: to, to make a Star Wars accommodation for you. Fair
0: enough. I appreciate it. Happy um, to do so. Um, well, that does it for the Cleveland Sports Hour. Um... We got a big game coming up uh, tomorrow night. Uh, well, I guess it'll be tonight by the time this actually this goes out. To everybody else, against the Celtics, uh, one of those teams we could hate. So, uh, Patty,
2: let's maybe have a little more regular schedule for the second go, half of the basketball let's
0: season. The schedule. I think uh, we fell off with the post World Series hangover and the holidays. Just got Jan up the works. Let's let's get more regular on this. So, uh, uh, you know, we, every
2: couple weeks, maybe
0: every couple weeks. Let's do it. Um, uh, so we have a couple milestones coming up in January. So we'll we'll check in using the cash thermometer. Um, that's right. But yeah, well we'll be more regular coming up, and uh, that's it for us here at the Cleveland Sports Hour. Until next time, this is Matty and Patty saying.
1: Mm-hmm. Ship, ship. <laughs> All right.